This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I uh, I loved help. What can I say? He's good. So, so <laughs> if Bosk is your boyfriend, is like help your husband? Like what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna have to talk to to R1 Eric Reha about this because there's gonna be some kind of like love triangle situation between <laughs> me and Palpatine. Um. <laughs> Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion, hosted by Kyle Dornbos, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. My name is David, and I'm joined by Mike and Kyle. What's up, guys? Hey, you. How's it going? It's going great, man. I just got back from Hawaii, celebrating my first anniversary with my wife. I uh, love you, honey. Thanks for supporting my hobby. <laughs> and does, of course, does she actually life. listen to our podcast out of curiosity? Yes, she does. And so does her mom. Well, hello. Wow. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for lending us David so often. Right. <laughs> awesome. So we got a little bit of housekeeping to open the show as as usual. Um, our Patreon is at 70%. So if you like what we do and you want to support us, please consider becoming a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash the fifth trooper. Uh, all of your pledges go towards our future projects, including more live streams like what we did at Adepticon and things like that. So if you like what we do, please uh, consider becoming a Patreon. And uh, as always, we would also encourage you to subscribe to the Fifth Trooper channel on YouTube for the latest video content that we produce. And you can also find uh, mirrors of our podcast episodes as well as the Fifth Trooper podcast on YouTube there as well. Uh, so that's our stuff. A uh, couple of more things. Um, FFG Live uh, is going to be today, because I guess you're going to hear this cast tomorrow. Uh, we're recording on Monday. The FFG live stream on Tuesday is going to feature Legion. And uh, we all want to encourage you, listeners, to go tune in. Uh, FFG Live on Twitch. Uh, Legion will be on stream, and uh, I think it's going to be a good one. So please tune in there. And one last thing I want to mention is that the Avonbase Team League, which I am the administrator of and the person running it, creator of it, is on their last round. Um, our two final teams are playing their series, which will determine who gets the first place prize of $200. Um, it's $200 split five ways, so it sounds impressive, but <laughs> um, of course, we, we never want to reject sponsorship. Uh, thank you, Dan Wolf, for helping us out there. Um, uh, R1H4 played his game today against Starscream and kicked butt with his Tauntauns. The tanks were no match for uh, Leia's gunline backed by three Tauntauns. But uh, I guess my point in mentioning this is that there's going to be a bunch of streams this week. So uh, tune into Yavin Base. These are all Twitch addresses Yavin Base, Invader League, um, Timitation, Irish, Nerfly, SW Stabcast. There's so many, Darkling, I can't forget Darkling, of course. Uh, there are so many places you can go to find streamed games of Legion Online. So please do tune in there. All right, let's uh, hop on over to what we're actually going to talk about on the show today. We have, and this was an incredibly hard interview to secure, an interview with the Nova Open winner. 
who happens to be our very own Kyle Dornbos. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why is it so hard to get these interviews, guys? I don't understand. Uh, I know. I know. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. Um, a little. So we're going to talk about my Nova Open experience and my list and stuff a little bit later in the show. Um, I think first, though, we're just going to talk about um, briefly some uh, some hot topics surrounding Nova. Uh, and then we're going to hit Legion 101, and then uh, in our competitive section, then we'll talk about, you know, the meta that scoped out at Nova and uh, and my list and what went down and all that. So, you guys, all right. So, uh, yeah, let's dive into Legion news. Welcome to In the News. Uh, for those that were following Nova, um, there was a little bit of a debacle, not a debacle. Um, but a debacle with the terrain. Uh, so mm-hmm. um, the <laughs> when we showed up on Thursday for the first heat, um, there was very little terrain on the tables. There were 16 tables. Um, the picks were floating around on Facebook. Uh, and uh, it was uh, arguably... So uh, Nova Open got a little bit of a, um, a bad... Uh, rep from last year along with Gen Con um, for having tables that were very open. They both Gen Con and Nova last year used like the official FFG provided slash licensed terrain, which was um, to put it lightly, not sufficient um, in quantity. So, um, you know, at least at Nova open, and I, I don't know if they did this at Gen Con, but at least at Nova open last year, they did adjust and they let us put barricades down, which helped significantly. Um, and in fact, uh, they did that also the first round, um, on the Thursday heat when it was clear that there was not enough terrain on the tables, uh, they let us put barricades down, which helped uh, quite significantly. Um, during lunch, uh, the TOs, um, found or scrounged up or were delivered some more terrain. Um, and they added it to the tables to make adjustments, which helped, um, quite a bit, at least as to the quantity of terrain on the tables. Uh, those that were there and those that played on Friday, um, it seemed like there wasn't a, so we're going to, we're going to talk about briefly, we're going to talk about the terrain that was at Nova and then, um, uh, we're going to, we're going to try and talk about what, what makes a good Legion table, uh, and what kind of thought needs to be put into it. Um, you know, to have like a good mechanically sound competitive Legion table, um, and our goal too in this section is not to, um, you know, uh, Brendan Franz, the guy that marshals a lot, did not obviously was not president Nova, but he marshals a lot of these uh, events, including Gen Con and Worlds and Adepticon. Also, um, you know, he often quotes like, "We don't want this to be Starcraft, right? Um, you don't want to have like your mineral, uh, you know, your first mineral expansion, and then and then your your second. Like, you don't want want to just have like a formulaic way for every map, but you also need some sort of general guidelines. Um, once they added some terrain um, during lunch to the Nova tables, um, you know, they were just, it, some, it was, there were some inconsistencies. There were, there were some that had, I played a game um, where I had literally one to- terrain piece in the table corridor that would be my deployment zone. <laughs> um, and there were other tables that appeared to be like 70% covered in terrain. So um, th- there was not a lot of consistency. 
Uh, and I know that some players were frustrated by that. Um, yep. It was, uh, <laughs> um, it was also, you know, Nova Open is first and foremost a um, 40K event. Uh, there are obviously a lot of other games played there, including Legion. Um, but uh, the terrain was, I think, constructed by, um, you know, it was, it was so it was constructed by Nova Open volunteers who I think are also used to doing stuff for 40K. Um, you know, there are things uh, that seemed like, um, you know, it was not necessarily specifically designed for Legion or, or made by Legion players, which, you know, like we don't want to in any way disrespect the volunteers or anything that um, constructed the terrain. Um, you know, they volunteered their time and effort and terrain building is extremely time intensive and difficult. Um, but, you know, there were some things like the line of sight blockers were 40K scale, which means that they were enormous. <laughs> right. Um, you know, 40k is played on a six by four table with weapons that fire 60 inches. Um, so they have very large line of sight blockers. Uh, there was quite a bit of that on the Legion tables. Um, you know, some other things, uh, like terrain being ever so slightly higher than height one, which of course means you can't jump on it with Luke. Um, things like that. Um, you know, I think players were frustrated by, um, but we don't want to, uh, so I think we want to talk about what does make a good Legion table. Um, so there, there are considerations like we just mentioned, you know, if, if you're making, if you're constructing a table, you should be doing things like measuring the height of the pieces that you're making in range increments to see, you know, what, what is essentially a jump one height piece? What is a jump two height piece? Um, if you're making little things like boxes or small ledges and you want, uh, troopers to be able to move on to those um, without clambering, you know, you should be putting a trooper mini next to it to see, like, are they taller than it? Um, you know, and if not, maybe you need to make it a little shorter. Um, just things like that as far as, like, measurements are concerned. And then also um, as far as, like, what a good competitive table looks like, uh, there are some resources out there. There's the Legion tournament circuit. Um which has both some pictures of tables and some general guidelines. There's also the, you know, the, the sort of loose, not super helpful guidelines in the RRG, which talk about, you know, 25 to 25% ish terrain, a uh, good mix of light, heavy, etc. Um, but one example I wanted to bring up, um, and I know I'm monologuing a little bit here, but uh, is a terrain from uh, North, uh, I'm sorry, a table from Northeast Open, which is, um, it was on stream. If you guys want to go see it, it's the Hoth one. Uh, was that that table was actually. That was Luke Cook's table. Yeah, that was Luke yeah. Cook's table. So world champion Luke Cook, um, him and his dad made that table. First of all, it looks great thematically. Um, you know, it's clear that it's Hoth, right? Um, it's got an ATAT AT on it. It's got some uh, like laser cannons and stuff. But also if you look at it, um, it's very clear that things like deployment zones and objectives um, and angles of approach and firing lanes were considered as well as like space between the pieces for things like ATSTs and tanks to move through um, without being too far such that, you know, uh, melee units and close range units don't have anywhere to hide. Um, it's a great like example of, you know, the line of sight blockers are decent size, but not huge. They're, they're probably, six or seven of them spread across the table. Um, and then you also have, uh, I, I call them like linear scatter terrain, but essentially the, the definition, like the token example of this is a barricade, right? A barricade is something that 
a trooper unit can move behind and hide behind, but then still fire out of and have cover. Um, and still cross, you know, still move across it even. And still usually. move across, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I noticed this actually even at like Gen Con and some of the other, um, uh, some of the other, not Nova, but other events, um, there's, there's often kind of a lack of this like linear scatter. Mm. Um, sometimes it's just like all line of sight blockers and you're either, you're either out of line of sight entirely or you're in the open. Um, so I like that like Luke Cook's table, the example table we're talking about here had things like barricades and boxes sort of in like sprinkled in the firing lanes, um, you know, for troopers to, to move up and, and take positions behind. Now, now I guess maybe we can take a minute to clarify. Um, it's not that these tables were unplayable, right? It's not that they were, you know, it's not that they were so faulty that you couldn't play games on them. It's just that they were not as diverse or interactive or in some cases balanced as, you know, I think we've begun to establish, you know, in terms of our community standards for what makes a good competitive table. Um, I, I would say that for 90% of the tables, that's true. There was definitely okay. one or two that were... If they weren't unplayable, they were very close. Okay. Okay. There, there were there were some tables where, like, if you had a tank or something like that, mm -hmm. um, your tank would be stuck in your deployment zone okay. for the whole game. Okay. Yeah. So that has to be based on <laughs> has to be considered. Yeah. If I mean, you're talking about like, a table, right? There was there was one table with a continuous wall for probably three feet on it mm. um, that that was not like parallel to a player board edge it was like bisecting um like a player's board edge from the middle of the table to like on a diagonal so it would like completely cut off like 40 percent of a map now the, the reason that's problematic right is that that would cause a dramatic shift in the balance of the table depending on the deployment zone and who was blue right yeah well and also what what units you brought right oh, yeah okay um, and I mean, the, the thing about it, it, it wasn't like something you could just like, there was just no good way to get around it. Um, mm. you know, so if you were playing key positions or recover the supplies or intercept, like one player just like would not be able to get to the middle of the table. Um, and you know, uh, there was that same problem occurred, but not to that degree, um, pretty frequently. So I guess the yeah. challenge. Sorry, go on, Kyle. I mean, I was gonna. Make I was just it. gonna say. I think. I think it was just a little inconsistent. Like, so some of my tables were great, um, and then there were others like that one other one where I mentioned where there was one terrain piece in in the one quarter of the table. Come on, David. What are you doing, man? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I did it again. I did Stop that fiddling with your giant acrylic dice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I don't want to like spend too much time. So I will also say that on Saturday um, for the elimination matches, the tables were excellent. Um, I think we also posted pictures of those. It's clear that you know they essentially consolidated like the best, um, most legion appropriate terrain pieces from all sixteen tables and put a lot of thought into how they're arranged and stuff on um, on Saturday, which which is which is good, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, there were, I could definitely see, um, you know, how some players that, so I, <laughs> I brought Palpatine, so I was fine with, um, 
you know, tables with 70% terrain. Yeah, you're like delighted, right? Um, <laughs> high value, short range, you know, nukes you to death in round four or five, you know, kind of unit yeah. really benefits. Yeah, from and, and I had snow troopers in IRG. So I had, you know, I personally had no complaints, but I can definitely see, you know, how some people that, um, you know, there were, so let's just briefly talk about the results. Okay. Um, and to, to just move move on from the terrain discussion a yeah. little bit. Um, so that there were uh, in the top in the in the top sorry in the top eight um, from across two days there were six rebel players and two empire players. Um, I don't believe it. <laughs> no, one one of those empire players was me. <laughs> hey. um, the uh, the other one was uh, uh, running. It was a uh, Gus Smith. He was running uh, Chronic Double Bounty. Um, and then the rebel list. Yeah, the rebel lists were actually pretty interesting. Um, uh, several of them had tauntauns, but several of them also had vehicles. Um, there were four land speeders represented among those six lists. Um, one list had two land speeders and two flame RTs. Damn, uh, <laughs> that's a so that's a significant like I mean significant investment in armor, right? Like because it's it two, it's how how heavily kitted were the land speeders? Were they like the one fifty five point versions with the rocket gunner and the Mark II? Yeah, they were like, but they were the, they definitely had the Mark II. Um, I, I don't actually, I don't have his list to hand. Oh, so I don't know, okay. But he did manage to get up to 10 activations. I think he basically had like naked rebel troopers. Wow. Um, and it was just all that investment in armor. Yeah, which, you know, at least as far as the tables are concerned, like land speeders kind of move over all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, before we like get too far like i don't want to go back to the terrain discussion but i do think it is worth mentioning that the terrain likely skewed some of these results um as far as like what was able to be successful yeah i don't disagree with that um yeah i remember a couple of last time flame rts ever topped anything now now that said i think and maybe we can just launch right into our competitive section and, and uh, talk about Nova meta and then do Legion 101 last. Um, sure. I, I do think the rebel vehicles benefited from herd immunity, so to speak with Tauntauns because, you know, the biggest uh, list that rebel vehicles are disadvantaged against is a Veer's empire gun line, right? Which gets absolutely stomped literally by Tauntauns. Yeah. They get um, walked over and suppressed and killed. Right. So, <laughs> So either those Veer's gun line lists just lost in the early rounds or people didn't bring them to begin with. Um, and suddenly, you know, your Empire players are bringing, um, you know, Palpatine <laughs> or uh, uh, like some kind of Chronic list that's less efficient against armor than like a Veer's gun line. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, you're going to create some, some space for vehicles like land speeders and ATRTs. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's, you know, the reason that you saw four land speeders in the top eight is just the terrain. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think there's some like permanent meta takeaways here as well, as far as like herd immunity from Tauntauns is concerned. So just to recap for the listeners, um, we're basically saying that Tauntauns were like a big, you know, boogeyman, scarecrow, whatever you want to call them. People were like, oh, it's this new unit. It's really powerful. I got to prepare it to face it because it's the new hotness. And so a lot of Imperials shifted away from the normal impact laden 
Veer's gun line style. And that made an opening for armor, which also happens to be somewhat good against Tauntauns because the only way Tauntauns reliably produce crits is in melee with vehicles. But that's where they don't want to be because then they don't benefit from the from being engaged. Right? That's kind of what we're yep. saying. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I get what you guys are saying. I, as someone who played and brought Tauntauns, um, I didn't, I, I don't feel that way at all. Um, hmm. I, I sort of felt like the, the tables just made it, you couldn't, you couldn't shoot anything a vast majority of the time. Um, which which makes Tauntauns and Land Speeders much better. Um, I don't know. I mean, there definitely was a lot of Tauntauns represented at the in the upper in the upper layers, so to speak. Um, on on Thursday, um, the heat that I played in, uh, eight of the top ten players were rebels. Yeah, I just I just like <laughs> well, the the gun line like range four is like a big deal to it and the the overcompensation of terrain like there wasn't range four shots on the tables i played on i mean maybe there was on yours but like uh the range four shots that were there were like down a table edge yep yeah i agree Um, with that uh except on saturday saturday was the exception but yeah definitely on in rounds two and three on thursday they were you know, all the shots were ranged two to three or less. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that yes, armor did well in this tournament. Um, but I think it's significantly easier to do well with armor. If your opponent can't use your impact guns against you for the first two rounds or whatever. Um, it, yeah. It's kind of like playing with limited vis. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually about to say like tons are actually bidding for limited too, on top of everything. Yeah, and to be fair, I think the land speeder is good. I'm not trying to like say it's bad. I just, um, I don't know. I think I think that we should take the results of this tournament with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, and that's what we're trying to do here, right? Is put them in context a little bit, yeah. and and sort of separate out how much of it is an actual meta shift because of tauntauns, and how much of it was just, um, you know, the environment that they were placed in. Well, the unfortunate truth is now we're starting to measure things in terms of tauntauns. Like we're treating, <laughs> we're, we're starting to treat tauntauns like a like you know a bushel. You know yeah. this this land speeder is 155 points. That's one and a half tauntauns. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's also worth noting that as far as the gun line lists go, um, you know they're missing their newest biggest tool really, um, and short sure. troopers. Like I, yeah. I just you know. We the conversation is clearly relevant, but um, yeah. like as of like the day Nova happened, Shores released. They clearly weren't legal in the tournament, but um, they're going to change a lot of things in regards to this conversation. I think um, this this is so the creature trooper slash third core unit release is a little bit. I feel like in terms of power level, equivalent to the sniper release. Yeah. And and I do feel like we're in that zone briefly where, you know, Rebels had snipers and Empire didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean I wasn't gonna say that because I didn't wanna make fuss, but but that is that is presently how I feel about it. Oh man, it's a disturbance in the force. 
you know. I mean, it is what it is, you know. I mean, dewbacks clearly are, you know, postponed because they've got to re- redo all the bases and the kit and everything, <laughs> um, which is fine. You know, I, I would rather they did which, that. Which and good on FFG for, by the way, handling it like they did instead oh, yeah. of just saying F it. Uh, Dubacks are on ATST size bases yeah, now, because that would be, <laughs> which also would be real bad. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, short troopers are are really good. You know, I know that a lot of people that don't have access to TTS or don't play on TTS um, probably haven't gotten their hands on them yet. But you know, there's some really um, gamey things you can do with them, and you know, some people are going to be into that, some people aren't, but they are they are exceptionally effective in a way that um, is going to change the, the dichotomy of empireless. Oh yeah. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last week with your team league experience, but they're essentially like mini death troopers. Yeah. Um, and they only cost 84 points. Yeah. And them plus the mortar is cheaper than two DLTs. So um, right. Yikes. You're, you're, you're even getting kind of like a budget discount on two corp core units if you're taking the order alongside them um yeah which which is now that said it's you know it's eight wounds instead of ten in that situation this, so it's a this is exactly the reason but, i don't run triple tons <laughs> <laughs> because you have to you have to leave some room in there for a couple of snipes because you're just going to be screwed yep. like if they're if the empire players making all the saves backed up by aggressive tactic surges backed up by god knows what else tech whether it's a naked guard or it's a medical droid, you're going to need something that'll break that up and Pierce will do it. So, yeah. So anyways, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit on a soapbox about how we shouldn't be listening to what we're saying about this meta. So please ignore everything I just said. All you're saying is that it's going to shift again is what you're saying. Yeah. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, like, let's let's talk about it. I just do want to uh, caveat that a lot of what we're saying is either not going to be relevant in the coming months, or you need to at least understand that things are going to change um, for a variety of reasons that we've listed here. Um, yeah, and I think that's a good thing. Like, it's we're a little bit, you know, we're also getting two new factions yeah. soon. Um, so we're a little bit like in the Wild West here. Like, I have... I have no idea what, uh, you know, Warfare Weekend is in, I think, like, November. Oh, uh, yeah. I have literally no idea what's going to be going on as far as meta is concerned with that tournament, and I love it. Um, <laughs> somebody somebody you know, walked up to me in Nova and was like, you know, as soon as as soon as soon um, droids come out, Tauntauns are going to be trash. And I just kind of, like, looked at him and I was like, what? maybe i don't know yeah. i mean like uh, i don't know I mean, deck is too hurt they're never gonna be trash um no they'll never be bad they'll be less crazy yeah yeah um i mean they'll, they'll be less like oh my god this is 30 actions what am i gonna do i mean <laughs> well i think as i think as time passes people are gonna start so I'm, i i want to launch into my nova experience a little bit yeah because, yeah go on because I think that, I think that right now, especially with Tauntauns being sort of out in the wild by all by themselves without the Empire Mirror release, Tauntaun players are, you know, they've they haven't been out that long. Tauntaun players are currently inexperienced. Yes. Um, I think that I think that with all the wreckage that they're causing, they're still 
they're, they're still being played sloppily. Yes, I I've messed up um, so many times this weekend, leading to my own demise. Um, it's just <laughs> like you just choose the wrong direction to go in, and you can just lose game. Yep. Right. So they are they are an extremely high skill cap unit. And I think right now we're seeing the version of them that exists when inexperienced players are playing with them. Yeah. So think, chew on that for a minute. <laughs> in in a world where natural <laughs> in where its natural predator doesn't exist. Right. Right. Yeah. Predators, um, if you include Droidicos. So to say that, like, you know, Tauntauns are going to be garbage against droids, I think, sort of takes that. Essentially, like the so Tauntauns currently are being played badly yeah. <laughs> by the vast majority. For real, yeah, um, <laughs> me included. And so I think I think that viewpoint doesn't really like people are going to start using them more like the extremely fast, mobile, versatile unit that they are, instead of just trying to slam them straight into everybody's lines without delay or strategy. Yep. Um. So uh, so I played Palpatine for Nova. Um, this, So as you guys know, I was vacillating on this uh, constantly. <laughs> Turns out you should just not have thought about it at all because you didn't get a choice. <laughs> right. So I um, so I had originally tested this Palpatine list in our practice tournament at Huzzah, you know, two Saturdays ago now because I thought it could be a decent matchup against Tauntauns and also against Luke Sabine. Um, which I had previously had issues with playing an Empire gun line. Um, and it turns out it is. It's good against those. But I was still, you know, a- after that Hazan tourney, I'd only had like three to four games with Palpatine total. You know, and I've got probably more than 60 with Rebels. You've got 10 um, now. So, well, yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, and, uh, uh, from Invader League. After, well, no, no, with Palpatine. Oh, oh Palpatine. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. Oh, I get it. Okay, God. <laughs> um, joking me yeah. over over my head. Woo. Yeah. So I'm just gonna retire um, with my undefeated Palpatine. You might as well, man. Uh, <laughs> you might as well stop playing Empire now. <laughs> First place in Vader League Three with Empire, and then now you have a a, a grand champ. With, yeah. Um, with no, Empire. I I also so and when I talk about this Palp list, I also want to segue into how much I'm gonna love Palp after Shores are well now that the Shores are out. Um, but just real quick, so I played Palp at this Zaw tourney. Um, but I was still not super comfortable with him going into Wednesday night. Um, you know, as I'm like thinking about what I'm going to bring on Thursday morning, I'm like, all right, uh, I'm going to just bring my rebels because that's what I know. I'm not comfortable with Palpatine. I go to like switch out. I have these, you know, those wooden card holders that you kind of lay out on the table and have your cards in them. I go to switch out my Palpatine cards for my rebel cards. And I'm like, where are my card binders? <laughs> so I had left, uh, all of my card binders with all of my Legion cards at Huzzah Hobbies at that tournament. Oh no. Um, and I did not realize this until late on, on Wednesday night when I'm putting my stuff together um, at home. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting those before heat one tomorrow yeah. morning. I guess I'm playing Palpatine because all I had were the cards in my card holders, which was the Palpatine list. So all this vacillating and it turns out that, um, you know, the answer was, there all the time, I guess. <laughs> the lure of the dark side. Yo, yeah, it is the... So let me ask you this question. How many tournaments have you won as Rebels? <clears throat> uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I'm just 
So I, well, I mean, I went undefeated at Nova last year as Rebels. Um, How many tournaments have you won as Rebels? Oh, man. <laughs> Look, it's not about Rebels versus Empire. I'm I'm just asking a question. It, the, the answer to that question is none. Okay. No. How many have you won as Imperials? Two. <laughs> I count three. Wow, there's like some sort of Imperial what's, deposition going on over what's, here. What's, 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 I, the, what's the third one? I count Invader League. I count Huzzah, and I count Nova. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I guess the Huzzah thing. Um, <laughs> just making a point. Hey, you know what? I <laughs> I qualified for Worlds with Rebels, and uh, I lost to Luke Cook in the final as Rebels. So, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be playing Pelt for a while. Does, does, uh, does this mean we have to change much. the logo? <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be like <laughs> like on solo but with palpatine <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i mean uh yeah so yeah um the reason that pelp works so good so well sorry um the reason why he works correct. good he worked good um <laughs> is turns out he murders tauntauns um, I played. I played against Tauntauns four of my six games. Um, IRG. So this goes back to my original point that Tauntauns are somewhat being played sloppily right now. Um, you know, for the most part, with the exception of in my last game, John actually used his Tauntauns very intelligently, and it definitely made a difference. Um, be, but be generally like speaking, like, yeah, be like John. Uh, he held them back until essentially after the rest of his army was hitting me at the same time, so I had to deal with everything at once. Yeah. Um, and that worked much better. But like, uh, you know, the first, the f- my first few opponents that I played with Tauntauns just kind of slammed them straight into my lands as quickly as possible. And Palpatine and the IRG were like, "Thanks." <laughs> I mean, so to be fair, my experience has been against a lot of lists. That is a right. That works rock. most of the time. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that definitely works against the gun line. I mean, it doesn't work against Palpatine. Right. And I, maybe that goes, you know, maybe my specific experience speaks more to people just being inexperienced against Palpatine. Um, it's, it's likely a bit of both. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. But, like, nobody punishes aggressive play or, or overly aggressive play better than Palpatine does. So, yeah, when the Corn Berserker Tauntaun slammed him in, into my lines, it was... <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it was not good for them. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it turned out to be sort of an accidentally good meta call. I don't want to like take super credit since my card holders made my decision for me um, <laughs> <Yeah>. for <laughs> for being for playing some kind of forty chess and picking Palpatine in a world where Tauntauns were going to be running all over the place. Oh, but, nonsense! You already had you already had the inclination. You just needed something to push you over the edge. <laughs> well, what I yeah, actually, the I, did that for you, my friend. <laughs> what I find interesting is that. Um, I know that there was a lot of Tauntauns on day one. There was not a lot of, I mean, there were Tauntauns on day two, but there was not a lot of Tauntauns on day two. Uh, uh, for heat, for heat two on yeah, Friday. I would, I would say that like, I don't know, like, like eight lists were running Tauntauns, which based on the description people gave me of what um, Thursday was like, was a significant decrease in Tauntaun numbers. I think I think on Thursday it was probably like fifteen. Yeah. Um, mm. there, if if not more than to, that. To be fair, uh, Friday was also heavy Imperials. Like there was Imperials everywhere. 
so I guess it's good that I played Thursday. So another funny stat from this tournament, I did not play a single Imperial opponent. <laughs> <laughs> All six of my matches were against Rebels. So I guess that's luck of the draw because because or it's either herd immunity or luck of the draw because Palpatine is, is slightly disadvantaged against you know Empire gun lines just like Rebel vehicles yeah. are. Uh, so the fact that I never you know had to deal with like a Krennic Bosk situation um, was definitely sort of lucky. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play against any rebels on Friday. Um. Yeah, I guess I picked the right day to play. Um, you know. Uh, so yeah, it was. Um, I uh, I love Pelp. What can I say? He's good. So so if Bosk is your boyfriend, is like Pelp your husband? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to talk to, to R1, Eric Reha about this because there's going to be some kind of like love triangle situation between me and, <laughs> and Palpatine. Um, <laughs> Didn't you like because, man, copy his list? Like, uh, no, not quite. Not I shuffled quite. the upgrades around a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's essentially, it's, it's structurally the same, you know, like I have recon Intel instead of environmental gear. <laughs> That's, and I think I moved a medic, you know, from I think he runs him on one of his DLTs. I, I moved it to a naked squad. I think that's literally the only difference. Uh, so Just yeah, preferential. Um, yeah. So yeah, R one mimicry is the sincerest form of flattery, my friend. Yeah. The same R one who is six and zero with Tauntauns and in, in uh, his games in league. Yeah. Right no. I need, I need to I need to catch some of those because um, I want to I want to see him run around with some. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm really excited to replace the snowtroopers in this list. With chores? Um, oh, with oh, oh, so I, I, don't, I really want I, don't, I really want to hear this because I've been telling you since day one what happens when snowtroopers are in your list. Uh, well, one of two things: they either kill like three or four units by themselves, uh-huh. or they die. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> which one is it most of the time? Well, at least for this tournament, really? it was mostly right, the first right. time. <laughs> um, and incidentally, actually, in my game against John, they essentially won the game for me because I held them back sure. like a proper linebacker unit. Um, and I essentially like did a VAP with them, and then I threw them in late game Um and they were able to uh, like kill Sabine on the last activation of what turned out to be the, the, end of the game. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, and then they were also just absolutely uh, devastating in my game against. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Mike Cirillo, who I played the semifinal game against. And uh, grats, by the way, to all the invitees. There were um, uh, four of them. Uh, this, it's half as many as a. Uh, Gen Con, you had to win your first game on day two or on Saturday. Um, and that was uh, myself, Mike Cirillo, John Grasser, who I played in the final, and then uh, Gus Smith. So, grats to all you guys for getting your, your invites from Nova. Um, but yeah, they were great in my game against Mike Cirillo. It, it, you know, they did like the whole like give into your angle, double tap, delete Z6 situation. Ugh. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Really good. Yeah. 
they can be really good but like i I, I think my point here and this is what you're saying is they're extremely yeah they just like sometimes they're like the all-star of the game and then i just i find that the second happens to me super often is that my opponent is just so scared of them that they just you know toss every shot they've got into them until they're dead and uh right and and why they work even now in a Palpatine list when they don't necessarily fit into like a traditional imperialist is because yeah. of pull the strings, right? It's, it's an extremely, at least when you can close the distance, an extremely effective, strong attack that you can double tap. Um, and that's what you want with pull the strings and shores yeah. give you that, but at range three. Yes. So, um, I am, I am looking forward to replacing them with shores because shores hit like a truck and they do it at range three. Um, yeah, they uh, they hurt, man. And and they don't take uh, all day to get to an objective. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> when snows are suppressed, and if they like, if they don't have like an officer or something, it's really difficult to get them anywhere. Yep, yep, very true. Um, so yeah, I'm super looking forward to essentially replacing the the snows with um, shores. The other thing that's great with shores that you can put on Palpatine is aggra- is aggressive tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, Shores, uh, and I'm I'm doing a Shore article this week, so I'm definitely going to talk about Palpatine in it, um, or not this week, this month. Sorry, Jay. Um, and uh, you know, aggressive tactics <laughs> works obviously with entire legion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Shores don't surge in either direction, uh, and neither do Imperial Royal Guard. So. Um, you're giving your shores, you know, either an extra hit on an attack or an extra surge um, on defense, and you're giving your guardian unit, the unit that's protecting all your other units, that's trooper saves. Now, now riddle so, me this: Would you ever put a Would you ever put an AT surge on a sniper? I think so. I mean, you yeah. know, certainly on your entire legion turn, you get four of them. Oh yeah, like, so you can put surges on all three snipers and then have them. Yeah. Shoot I, with so the the list I'm looking accuracy. at. Has, <laughs> The list I'm looking at has two shores in it, so I'd probably do, you know, IRG both shores and then like a sniper. Not bad. Um, I think you want to run the comms relay a bit if you're running Pelp too. Um, I think I, I agree on principle. I have not been able to find the points for it. I just I I sort of feel like AT is a lot less good if you're in a Pelp list if you're not doing that. Um, well, the thing is, just because. It doesn't. So if you're only running one shore, for example, it doesn't actually change the amount of times that you can get an order to that shore trooper. Uh, yeah, I mean, because you can't put you can't put the right because you can't put the relay on the guard and you can't use battle med with entourage. So, um, you know, there's no way like in a chronic list to get that free order to the shore troopers. Well, you can. Battle met it over to the shores and then relay it from the mortar to the back to Palp. Uh, not the entourage one. No, not yeah, the entourage yeah. one. The, the Palpatine but... order, like on your, and now you'll die, or yeah, I got you. Or give, give, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it just makes it if you're able to find you know the battle med points and the comms relay points, uh, you're able to utilize it for an extra essentially because you really, I mean, ambush is going on Palp. Yep, you know. Um, so you've got half your orders give orders to Palp and Royal Guard. Right. Um, yep. So AT gets a little bit worse, I think, if you're not doing that. It's not to say it's bad. Yep, I will say there were times when I used Ambush not on Palpatine. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I had his... 
token in the bag a couple times, uh, like on turns where he was safe, and the time and the timing didn't super matter on pull the strings. Um, usually, these were like Tauntauns charging my grill situations, and uh, yeah, you know, I just needed to shoot them at point blank range with like a storm or a um, uh, the snows, and I didn't want to risk pulling a special forces token from the bag. That's just um, the worst, especially yeah. when you leave improv behind. You're just like, okay, right. okay, I got a 75% chance of getting the token I want. And then it's like it, you hit the 25 and you just feel you just feel like a like an idiot. Because <laughs> like, why did I go to the bag? Damn it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Know? Yeah, and on, if you're playing ambush, you need that to not be a thing. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there were a couple times I didn't have one order on Palpatine. Um but yes, I get what you're saying generally. It's just like in a Palpatine list, the points are so tight. Uh, yeah. You know, the other thing that you can do with him, obviously, is Guidance, which gives some use for Master of the Force 2 on him, which currently is essentially wasted. Uh, because, like, at least I only ran him with Anger, and it was fine. Um, you know, he's almost... He's just expensive. He's very Isn't expensive. Isn't it nice to have a commander no. that doesn't need Force Fires to be good? Well, that's the thing is like he's freaking amazing. That's why he's expensive. Yeah, that's true. Like just his base, just his base card is like crazy. And his command cards. Wait a second, time out. How can you complain about a commander? I know. I could never run Luke. Luke without sure, force push sure. is no Luke at all. I. I don't disagree. Yeah. I just am disagreeing with I, your I know, I know. as if Leia was somehow not good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Leia's, in, Leia's insane. Like for 90 points, she's just insanely good. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying <laughs> uh, something about Pepletine being awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, so further reasons why he's good against Tauntauns and why if you're an Empire player, you should try him. Uh, you know, he's. He's like Krennic in that he has cards that are really good at preempting initiative. Um, Tauntauns need to go last first, and the first being probably by far the most important of those. So if you can go before they get dodged up, whether they're you know it's the turn where they're about to charge you or they're already in your lines, um, you know, like any card like given to your anger that allows you to do that uh, is huge. Typically what I would do essentially like against Tauntaun players is um, the no time for Sars turn kind of telegraphs itself because that's usually like when they get in there. Um, and so I'd play ambush on that turn. And then like the next turn is either like an uplinked coordinated bombardment or ambush and then I'd play given to your anger on that turn. So I'm essentially winning priority uh, two, two turns back to back guaranteed. Um, and when you're talking about IRG uh you know, murder, murdering Tauntauns, that's pretty good. Yeah, they're really um, good at that. Yeah. I gotta say, um, playing against Krennic with Tauntauns felt terrible. Uh, like, terrible how, for the Tauntauns? Yeah, it was just so difficult to get anything done. You're like, oh, I really want to do something with my Tauntauns this turn. And it, <laughs> your opponent's like, oh, yeah, before your Tauntauns are going to go, I'm going to shoot them with my Death Troopers. And it's feel bad. Well, and we've we've talked about this, right? Like Krennic slash Krennic Bosk is are like it, a, a little bit of a as far as besides Palpatine, as far as counter Tauntaun lists are concerned, a pretty strong option. 
Yeah. Um, because of because this, for the same reasons, right? Because of voracious ambition, you, you're guaranteed to win a one pip turn, and because of deploy the garrison, you're throwing standby tokens down before the turn starts. Yep. Gar- um, garrison ended up being a lot more effective than I thought it was going to be. Frankly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, it, that's that's a long way of saying if you're an Empire player and you don't want to play Palpatine and you're having trouble with Tauntauns, give Krennic a shot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, it was a super fun experience. I um, I played a, a lot of awesome dudes. I I uh, unfortunately played Gordon on day one no. in the last round. I know I was really sad. I wanted I wanted us to avoid each other all day so that we could both advance. Um and that was that was uh, easily my tightest game of day one. Uh, Gordon's really good, um, Gordon Chase. Uh, so um, you know, unfortunately, one of us had to had to hand the other an L. But that also means uh, you know, I made this joke with you, Mike, when we played each other at the RPQ. Like one of us is going to win this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's not a universe where one of us doesn't advance. So at least there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was unfortunate. Um, I played uh, John Grasser in my last game. That was easily my closest game. Um, uh, I only won by nine points. <laughs> so um, props to John. He is uh, a, a, like a newer Legion player. He's kind of a um, he's well known in the Imperial Assault uh, communities and some of the other Star Wars FFG games. X Wing, uh, definitely Legion. X Wing, yeah. yeah. So. Um, he was really good. I was, uh, um, uh, you know, he was running Luke Sabine with one Tauntaun. Um, I think we were talking to, about this a little bit before the show. I think if used intelligently, there's merit to having just one Tauntaun on your list. If I could go um, back in time, that's what I'd be doing. Like, it's it's great as a hold back until um, the... Is it my cat? Good grief. Um... <laughs> Sorry, it's uh this is the noise the the episode of background noise Jay we're sorry, um, so uh uh we were talking about one tauntaun uh it's it works great in a list where you have other threats as like a uh you know at least in in John's list it was a Luke Sabine are are hitting you in the face oh and here's some tauntauns yeah <laughs> like uh, it works great as a yeah right it's a um throw you know, the, the timing is super important, right? Like, if you throw the Tauntaun in there by themselves early, then they just deal with your Tauntaun. What was the rest of his list? Um, he had... Uh, so he had um, two Maddox Z6s, a third regular Z6, um, a naked Rebel Trooper squad with just Recon Intel for objectives, uh, and two snipers. So it was still 10 activations. Oh, wow. So you should just... Yeah. You should just switch to being for a second Tauntaun. And then... I don't know, man. So, I don't know. Yeah, Sabine Sabine was pretty clutch in that game too. Oh, undoubtedly, um, it was it was one of those games where like, and I feel like close Palpatine games for some reason always come down to like a priority role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he played explosions, I played a now you will die. Um, if he wins priority, he throws some bombs on all my dudes um, and kills a lot of them. Uh, if I win priority, I zap Sabine and she dies, oh, which is essentially what happened. Terrible to hinge the game on a coin um, flip like that. Yeah, and you know that was uh, what turned out to be the last turn, um, and I won priority on that turn, and he's Zaps Sabine. Uh, she actually tanked. Uh, she tanked four Zaps from <laughs> Palpatine um, without dying, uh, 
and then later in the turn healed her with a medic. <laughs> um, and then his Z6 has killed Palpatine. Oh my but then God. my Snows did like the last wound to her on um, uh, uh, on their on my last activation, and then she had so much suppression from getting zapped eight times by, or four times by Palpatine that she panicked and then died on stems. So, oh no! <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a pretty epic ending. Um, yeah, but. Uh, uh yeah it was uh it's it's one of those things like what's what's the joke from i think it's flames of war uh i guess we could just flip a coin and uh, save ourselves three hours um that's kind of how it felt like at the, and that means that it was a close tight match right um if at the end of the game it comes down to a priority role um that means that it's been a super close well-played yeah, match the so. game was played with Prop- minimal errors essentially yeah so props to john um for an awesome game uh and uh i'm i'm sure that we'll be seeing more of him in the legion community undoubtedly um yeah i don't i don't know that i have much more to say about my nova experience so here's what i want to play in palpatine for a while i think do i have to drive to chicago by myself now (laughs) well i don't know so uh it's not super clear like i think there's a plane ticket attached to the um i don't know we're gonna have to figure that out i won't make you drive to chicago by yourself but you know (laughs) i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna fly i will likely fly too i mean you know like if if you want to just like you know go win warfare weekend or something like that um i'm gonna be honest (laughs) i i really started considering it after this weekend i was like gee whiz you know you're the scoundrels we got to keep a keep a rolling right (laughs) You know, it's funny. So they, they, um, I'm jealous of your, of your acrylic dice, uh, David. Oh. Um, I guess well, they didn't have, they didn't have one at Nova. No, uh, what? Was, oh, you got cheated. Apparently. Well, I mean, it's fine. I, I don't really care about the dice, but they, uh, they misprinted it, I guess. So they took it back. Oh. Um, hmm. and they're going to, they're going to mail me one. Hmm. <laughs> I see. Nice. Yeah. What do you say? Continentals on it? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Um, uh, that would have been fun. That would have been fun though if I just had like a miss. I I think I'd almost rather have like a misprinted dice. Yeah, it's like the here. misprinted Han Solo. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it becomes um, like a artifact of legend. Yeah, exactly. Red die search save Han Solo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was that's insane. <laughs> think of how uncanny luck. <laughs> yeah, uncanny luck. So it's super fun. I feel like I got lucky a little bit in the, you know, quote unquote correct list decision being made for me. Um, and some other stuff, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. I I really enjoy the Emperor. He fits my playstyle like a glove even more than Boss did. So I know. I told you. I know. Yeah, you told me. I should have I should have done this ages ago. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I can't even describe how much he speaks to me. It's like it's like we were made for each other. Is it weird to have like a a creepy old man as your as your boyfriend? I guess it's not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's uh, so, I mean, that was an awesome recap, Kyle. It was a ton of detail. And thank you for for just um, sharing all that with us. And congratulations on your win. Uh, We have one more section to cover, I think, before we wrap things up. And that's going to be a little bit of Legion 101. It's time for Legion 101. Class is in session. All right, so we're back with Legion 101. 
And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this article that I wrote that's published now on thefifthtrooper.com. It's about learning to count. Uh, we're getting very elementary in here uh, with counting. Um, so count uh, Sesame Street count jokes notwithstanding, um, uh, I first want to lead off with a little bit of an apology. This article did get a little bit scattered and a little bit heady because it kind of talked about um, some broader, very broad stroke concepts in the game. But um, fundamentally, the the lesson of that article, and, and you should read it because I think it's I think it's a good read. But the, I'm just going to talk about some of the fundamental lessons here. It's basically telling you that you should be keeping track of the game state and all the various elements of the game state. Um, I know it sounds like hyper basic, right? But there's a lot of things to keep track of in this game if you're a newer player. And I think only by deliberately creating like a, a mental sort of checklist um, will you start to, to mind these things more and more often. If you're uh, if you have a ton of free time and you have the ability to grind out a bunch of games, this starts becoming automatic. Um, but I think for a lot of us, it helps if we just have a list of what to track. And the article kind of goes into the finer points of tracking things like activation count, like who has more. If I lose priority, how many um, actions do I get at the end of the round that my opponent can't reply to? Um, keeping track of things like command cards that have been played. Um, who has who has a one pip right now that can play it and win priority with very with, with no danger essentially of ever having that in question. Um, and of course, you know, do I have, you know, a palpatine or a Krennic across the board for me? Do they have cunning in their or is cunning gonna be a problem for me? Is given tier anger gonna be a problem for me when they get played? Um, we have to keep track of the objective progress. Um, if I take my range ruler and measure, can this unit leader do double move, double move over the next two rounds and break through? Or if I suppress this unit, can it get onto the intercept point and score that objective? And lastly, um, points destroyed, which is talking about um, you know how much have I lost, how much did my opponent lost, and if this game goes to a tie, do I win or not? And knowing that, do I play aggressively or defensively? Um, so that's kind of like the big you know, focus of the article is there's a lot of elements of the game state that have to be tracked for you to have a clear picture of what a good next step is for your, uh, for your game, essentially. Um, and I kind of wanted to make a, a small addendum to the, the last section in it. Um, I sort of talked about that briefly there about um, objective progress, but it really helps in about round four or five to look at your units and your opponent's units, basically just look at the position of everything on the board and, and just take a minute, step back, look at the big board and just try to see, okay, um, what are some plans that I could have for each of my remaining units? Now, I know it sounds a little bit complicated because there might be a lot of stuff on the board, but four or five is you know that's really kind of the make or break point like the game is winding down into its later stage um there might only be you know five or six activations on a side left um and so it shouldn't be too hard to say okay you know these two units are gonna move and shoot next turn and then this unit needs to move and tag, tag the evaporator or something like that you need to just create a hypothetical set of moves 
for each unit. And the more deliberate you are and the more specific you are about the plans you make for your units, the better off you'll be um, in terms of getting your goals accomplished in the game and, and getting a victory. Um, another thing I didn't mention also is keeping track of the game clock. Um, we're not yet to the point where we have chess clocks. We may never be there. Uh, we don't have any idea if, we'll, if it'll ever come to that. Um, so, you know, the game is played with a fixed amount of time. You need to be aware of the time when you're playing the game of Legion. You need to be thinking, um, what's the likelihood that we're going to get, you know, the next act, however many activations are left in the round done before the clock, you know, we're going to get that done before the clock runs out. And you need to be looking at about like the 20 minute mark or so, you know, always like look over your shoulder every so often to see where, where that clock is. Or if you can, if you get a table where you can see the clock without any effort, this is really easy. Sometimes you're all the way across the tournament hall and you have to like take a step or two away and like, you know, squint real hard to see the clock. Like in at Gen Con, uh, there was, there was some of that. Um, but just make sure that you're keeping track and you have some um, ability to, to know um, whether or not you're going to get that last round in or not, because that's going to help affect your decision making. Um, you know, help help yeah, and you better. And that's really important at time tournaments. Um, I actually ran into this myself a couple times, uh, and like where you know you you just essentially you have to like I like to make a six round plan, but really you have to just make. Yeah do everything one round earlier than you think you do with respect to objectives. Um, so if, if you're like, well, I can just, you know, grab that box next turn. Um, just grab it this turn. <laughs> yeah. You know, just get it done. you never know. Even, even if you've got 20 minutes left on the clock and you think that you can finish around, um, lots of things can happen that make that, you know, an uncertainty and you just, you don't want to be cutting it close on the end of a round to the point where you're trying to like rush to pick up tokens to finish around. So, um, you know, uh, just like, just always do something one round earlier than you think you need to. Is the lesson there. If you're playing in a time tournament. Yep. And, and also just like, if you ever have a question about like, can that unit break through or can that unit pick that box up in one action or in, or in one activation, you have, you have the ability to know that by using your range ruler. You can you yep. can infer that because you know that moves are slightly less than range one at speed two. I mean, so you can you can use the measuring stick to to, to know these things and to create a game plan that's accurate and does not go wrong. And it's especially important on objectives that you need to reach, like breakthrough, you know, or intercept. And keep in mind, like specifically on breakthrough, you need to be fully in the deployment zone with your unit leader. Um, so. Don't just measure like to the edge of it with your range. Yeah. Too. Be like, yeah, I can get there. Yeah, you, you uh, got to know that that unit leader can be fully in. Yep. It doesn't mean the rest of his unit. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. It's also pretty important, you know, when we're talking about breakthrough and things like it, um, that you're tracking the number of suppression tokens in addition to the ones that you already have that can be put on your unit before they go. Um, yep. Because you never want to be in a situation where you have to rally things off to get both actions if you can help it. Um, specifically right. with characters and things like that, this is like much more applicable because core units can be suppressed in one action most of the time. Um, yep. But you know, counting to make sure that you know 
your death troopers will definitely be able to go before they get two suppression tokens or you know three suppression tokens if you've got access to strict orders or whatever um making sure that you do that math correctly is also insanely important right it lets you know how much time you can afford to wait yeah because waiting is waiting is generally good but if you wait too long you get suppressed then you've you've messed up you've made an error that's for that's for darn sure um and I just, I guess, uh, that kind of just covers it. I mean, most of most of what we're talking about here is covered in great and deliberate detail with images. Thank you, Jay, in the article on on fifthtrooper.com. And um, I just want to make one final point: is yes, a lot of this is planning, but there's also a lot of educated guessing because you don't know what your opponent will do necessarily. You you can make some really good guesses about what they might do. Um, and uh, in terms of just like tracking the game state, um, if you play a lot, this gets really automatic and, and just kind of condenses into a feeling almost like tying your shoes. Like you don't really like, you know, or, or any really activity that you do that you have a lot of experience with. Um, it just becomes automatic. You don't think about the deliberate steps anymore. It just It's just a feeling that's condensed. Um, and uh, But that said, if you're up against someone with a lot more experience than you, um, no one's perfect. Your opponent is just is just a person. Don't put them on a pedestal. They are they are error prone and human, just like you. So uh, just just go for it, man. Just go for the gold. <laughs> yeah, I think a really good place to start is just make sure that you know what command cards your opponent can have access to, as far as like counting goes. Like those are probably counting the biggest pips, yeah. bang for your buck you're gonna get, as far as like making sure that that you have access to the information you need because those are the most powerful things that um you may not know if you like don't have a ton of experience with the game i uh, i played one guy at nova and i played change of plans and he was like i didn't even know this card existed <laughs> and um <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> sorry about that man <laughs> um you know so um which like he, he was new to the game like that's fine um but you know, knowing what special abilities your opponent has access to kind of falls in line with that as well. Yeah, there are a couple cards specifically that like mess directly with what you can do on a given turn. That's one of them. Um, given to your anger is another one. Like even if you'd know just a couple of them, like those two and then Chronix cards, um, that's a good place yeah. to start. Um, it's also, um, shoot, what was I going to say? Uh, it's also good to kill commanders early for that reason, if you have an opportunity to do so. <laughs> if you don't know because the command card, just kill them. Just kill them, because <laughs> yep. a dead commander doesn't issue any orders. So, dead you can't use the sunk. Exactly. So, if, if you see someone hang their layout out there and your DTs can go shoot her and she doesn't have a dodge token, just blow her up, because it's free points. And no command cards. Yeah. Same with Boba, really. Palpatine, not so much, because he's he's a lot tougher and probably has guards or a steam leader. Oh, yeah. Speaking of a steam leader, I, that's going to be my biggest... I use the crap out of a steam leader. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm going to put aggressive tactics. I wish he had, like, one force slot and three command slots. <laughs> uh, that, that would be super automatic. <laughs> Well, I know it would be super unthematic. I just like 
I don't want to give him a lot of force upgrades, but I want to give him like aggressive tactics and a steam leader and strict orders. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> thematic wise, I don't, I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why Palpatine has a command slot and three force slots, but Vader only has three force slots. Yeah, I mean, Vader does a lot more like actual commanding than I mean, Palpatine does. General Skywalker. Um, was like a pretty big deal, if I recall correctly. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> should be the other way around. Well, you know, he 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 forgot how to like command when he when he put on the suit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, it, this goes back to like the uh, why don't rebel veterans have nimble? Did they like forget how to dodge when they gave, got more experience? Yeah, you know, like at one point they were rebel troopers, I presume, right? I would think and they, they actually <laughs> stopped their guns. That's why they have surge to hit. So, yeah. so here's go. here's the thematic line behind that, right? Rebel veterans are just super jaded rebel troopers, so they just like sit around like shooting the shit the whole time, and they only dodge if somebody tells them to. Oh man, <laughs> there you go. go. I some someone else also said the veterans are just, you know, they're like they're like us old salt and pepper guys. So they got like knee injuries and like hamstring injuries and crap. You know, they're they're too old to like nimbly dodge around like the new. Oh, so you put them in the, you put them in the trenches to keep the younger ones alive. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, right. Man. <laughs> oh, you, here, you can hold a rifle. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> I know you got a bum ankle, but uh, yeah. you know, here, well, I mean, you, 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 you won't have to move around much in this like, trench. I guess a really good question for me is like, what are they veterans of? Uh, yeah, you know, you're uh, right about that. They only, <laughs> they only appeared on one planet, and then they got killed by an AT-AT. <laughs> I just like, I mean, the rebellion really wasn't around for that long, so like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's there's lots of there's lots of conflicts going on in the Galactic Civil War in your imagination. Sure. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, Mike? Soon, soon we're gonna have Luke Skywalker fighting General Grievous. So I feel like we have to. Uh, yeah. Lesson up on thematic <laughs> appeal, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's super important. I'm just saying, like, maybe questioning why veterans don't have nimble is not the most. Uh... You just pretend Luke is Anakin <laughs> and problem solved. Yeah. There you go. I don't know, man. I always try to recreate that scene from uh, Revenge of the Sith where Grievous gets killed by a blaster. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I always try to kill him with a ranged attack, just because I'm like, oh. I've, I've got him with Leia's pistol. This is sure to work. Wow, man. I never really thought about that, but like, like Kenobi can't even kill Grievous that way. That's kind of no. bad. Yeah. Man, what the heck? God. What the heck? Ugh. Next time we talk to Alex and Luke, we're going to have to, we're going to have to let them know what's up. God. Wag my finger at them and tell them. <laughs> All right. So, um, just before we leave the segment, I just want to say that the next one one article might be about Clone Wars stuff because we're going to have a lot of new awesome. players playing clones and things. Yeah. I mean, between now and Warfare, things are going to change dramatically, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited for where this how this game is diversifying. So read about counting and then come back um, in a couple of weeks for uh, primer on clones. I think we'll probably do what we do or what I do. All right, so I think that's going to do it for Legion One Hundred and One. And I don't think we're. I think we've come to the end of our notes. So, we have any last thoughts, any final announcements, or things we want to talk about before we wrap the show up? Uh, so I just, I also, I also want to commend all the Nova players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were not any like sportsmanship issues that I heard of, and everyone that I played was super awesome and classy. So, good job, um, guys. Good job, Nova players. You guys are, you guys are the best. Sweet. All right. That'll do it. So for Notorious Scoundrels, I'm David. I'm Mike. Oh. Jinx. You talk, I talk. You talk first, I talk first. (laughs) I don't know. You're Palpatine, so you kind of get to go first. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how that works, right? (laughs) All right. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. And we're the Notorious Scoundrels. See you next week. See ya. Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.